Yeah. Um, curious Minds want to know how the H you picked your bracket this year. I'm doing well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You had the, I think you had a perfect first day. I think so too. Where I texted Jordan and I was like, I have never seen somebody like our whole, like we have a bracket um, competition on Uh ESPN with like a bunch of people we know. Nobody had a perfect bracket. And then (laughs) I can't remember where you are now. Like you've lost some as as usual. My entire Western bracket is perfect. Minus two. Okay. But it, but that's, so that like, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I have lost a couple now, but it, it, but it was the, it wasn't just the West because I also had a decent, I had a, per, I still have a perfect West. Yeah. But it's the whole bracket really was perfect until a couple of losses, and now I think I don't even know. I couldn't tell you like mm-hmm. how many losses or wins you have. But how'd you do it? What I don't. You do? <laughs> I don't know. And I remember, I have not followed the scores in a in a couple days. Um, but I did for those first couple of days, and I remember day one being like, "Wow, Minnesota beat Louisville." Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, that puts me way ahead of everybody because nobody had that. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> it's bonkers. How did I do it? On dissertation brain, no I less. I know, and I think I just tapped into some spirit in the ether. Um, no, just just intuition. How did I do it? I picked random names. <laughs> we just we it was so funny. Like because Olivia picked her bracket. She started off because I showed her how seedings work. Uh-huh. Like we talked about that because she's um, a pro football fan. She is not a college oh. basketball fan. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a when you grow up in. I could be guessing. But I think when you grow up in the Northeast, professional sports are a bigger deal. I guess so. We don't have those here. Right. Um, except for like the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I think she grew up going to like professional sports sure. games. We grew up, or I don't know about you, I grew up going to collegiate sports games. I grew up going to high school football games. <laughs> so, so very different. Yeah. So Olivia wound up picking her teams because she was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if Louisiana won the, what did she say? Won the West? And wouldn't it be funny if Northeastern won the South? So she did it based on who would be the funniest to win that region, <laughs> which was hilarious. Which, like, how they're split by region, we all We'd, know, yeah, makes no, no sense. Because Olivia was trying to ask me to explain, and I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, I cannot explain that to you. Yeah. Um, but that was very funny. And then I think Lucy kind of picked hers based on familiarity with the team. Uh-huh. I don't really know how Nancy picked hers. Um, but I, day one, it wasn't just that you, I mean, it is something to have a perfect like quadrant, mm-hmm. but it was that day one. I don't think, I don't think you had any losses. I don't think I did one. either. And I could not get over it. I was like, yeah. what did he do? I think in my, I think my, my logic was pick higher seed most of the time and then like every third one pick the underdog it was nuts because i kept going how is he picking the right because i noticed like yeah mostly you picked higher seeds sure but then the underdogs you picked the louisiana minnesota one is a good example but there was one other one i can't remember what it was where i was like how on earth and the whole thing is a crapshoot for everyone oh sure yeah that's the point it was just very um, interesting to me. Murray State over Marquette. I picked that one. Okay. Um, it would have to have been over here because you and I had the same West. Yeah, that's right. We had the same West. Um, 
Um, you lost the Georgia State uh-huh. one. That one I picked because I know people who did grad school at Georgia State. <laughs> I can't remember. Was that Ohio State? Maybe. I picked, that's what it was. Because I, well, did Ohio State win? I don't remember. God, I don't know. It now, doesn't matter. Now we don't know what we're talking about. But, but anyway, good job. Thank Kudos you. to you, man. Thank you. It is completely random. <laughs> episode 217 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and we are still in the 200s, not the 400s, like I just said on the first take. (laughs) And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Downtown Thomasville, Georgia is beautiful. It is, and it is most beautiful two times of year. Yes. Spring and fall. Yes. Agreed. And so... We are gearing up for the annual Rose Show and Festival weekend. Um, It's going to be the weekend of April 25th through 27th. That's the Thursday through Saturday. Um, This year, there's going to be a Rose Fest finale. So during the day, you've got different tents set up so you can look at different roses and orchids. Mm -hmm. I mean, really beautiful creations. And then... In the evening, to kind of close out the festival on Saturday night, they're doing this big finale with a concert at the amphitheater. All of our downtown shops will be open mm-hmm. um, as part of almost like a sip and stroll like we do for First Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a great time to come visit Thomasville, and it's family-friendly. Um, because admission is free to all of these things. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to pay anything. Um, all you have to pay for is your hotel room. <laughs> yep. Um, so there's stuff to do for kids. There's parades, concerts. Um, all weekend is just stuff. Yeah. And we, I don't know if you were familiar with Rose Festival before you got here, before no, you worked here. definitely not. So I don't think I really was either. And I think a lot of um, small towns and communities really rely on these types of festivals. Mm-hmm. Thomasville, I don't know has to rely on the Rose Festival. Instead, Thomasville gets to showcase itself during Rose Festival. So it's a very big weekend here. One of my favorite things is when, um, I think it's on Friday morning or Thursday morning before they like open the Rose Mm -hmm. Tent officially. The Rose Tent is right across the street from us. Mm -hmm. And literally the high school band comes down and does like this drum roll (laughs) before they open the tent doors so that you can see all these award-winning flowers. It is delightfully Stars Hollow. Like absolutely, it feels very on Um, brand. And worth noting that this is the 98th annual Rose Show and Festival. Good grief. Like this has been going on for fully a century. Yeah. Just um, about. Which is amazing. It really is. I love that kind of deep rooted tradition that a town like Thomasville can really have and celebrate. Yes. And Rose Festival is a great time to do that. So join us. Oh, also we should just like put a plug that it's uh it's also Indie Bookstore Day. It's Indie Bookstore Day. On that Saturday. So what a great time if you are long distance or if you're semi-local like Valdosta, Albany, Tallahassee, and you've been thinking about making a trip up to visit the bookshelf, Rose Festival will be a great time to do it. So it's April 25th through 27th. I think the 27th is the best day to come because that would be Indie Bookstore Day and the night of this Rose Fest finale. Um, Concerts in the amphitheater are delightful. Absolutely. It is going to be a blast. It's going to be so fun. We hope that we can see you there. All right. Um, It's April. It's April. Um, The way that April usually starts on the calendar year is with everyone's favorite prank holiday, 
April Fool's Day. What's the best April Fool's joke you've ever pulled off? I don't know that I've ever pulled off a good April Fool's joke. However, in college, my friends and I, for several months, I think my senior year, got really into pranking each other and just escalating and escalating. And I think the best thing I pulled off is, you know, in hindsight, it sounds not great. No prank sounds great when you're telling it. It's a visual. I gaslit one of my friends into thinking that she had signed up to perform an interpretive dance in front of the student body. Okay. Um, and I, I went to great lengths to forge lots of documents to make <laughs> it look like she had, she had agreed to do this and she just had no memory of it. And finally it got to the night of and there were advertisements all around campus for this performance. <laughs> and she was like, I don't remember agreeing to this. So stressful. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm proud of that, but also, not, but also not. But also not. I don't think I've ever in high school. I don't actually remember if it was April Fools, but I convinced people I was going to the American school in Switzerland. Uh-huh. And that was my, and people really did believe me, and I had the brochures to prove it. <laughs> Certainly, if you had known my family, you would know that that was impossible. Yeah, that, that was, was a financial happened. impossibility. <laughs> but. Um, so we, it was time for seasonal reads, and we thought April Fool's Day. Must be time for comedy. I love a good calm. Me too. <laughs> I'm sorry. For not, not a rom-com, just a calm. Just a calm. I'm sorry. We won't say that anymore. Yeah, no, we're done with that. Um, um, yeah. I like funny books. I like funny books too. Um, and there are different kinds of funny books. Yeah, when you told me we were talking about comedies, I kind of my brain went all over the place. Yeah. Because so much kind of falls into this category. Right. Which because, I like. Yeah, and we have a whole section in our store called Humor and Memoir. Yep. Um, and that's because there are serious memoirs, but also sometimes there are humorous memoirs. Yes. And for a long time, we really struggled with where to put certain books. Right. So like, I'm not talking about Trevor Noah's memoir. Right. That obviously is a memoir, but Trevor Noah's daily show book Mm -hmm. about like Trump's tweets. Right. Well, does that go in history and politics or does that go in humor? Exactly. So we ultimately decided to kind of add humor into our memoir section. And I think this also came about because of books like... Tina Fey's Bossy Pants yeah. or um, Amy Poehler's Yes Please. Yes. And not as good. Not as good. But anything by David Sedaris. These things that are yes. memoirs Yes. that are really written with the intention of being humorous probably before they are reflective. Yeah. But still are reflective. I was going to say, but often wind up doing both. Right. I So I don't know if this is true, but I read... Have I read this? Where have I seen this? Basically this idea that comedic actors mm-hmm. can more easily transform themselves into, into a dramatic, dramatic performer. Actors, yeah. But dramatic performers have a hard time doing comedy. I've read that too. And I don't fully know how true that is, but I, in my brain, want to think it's true mm-hmm. because that to me makes sense about books as well. Right. I feel like authors, comedic authors can write reflectively mm-hmm. and, and deeply. Mm-hmm. But not all very somber writers can understand the right timing and turn a phrase to make something funny right. or witty. Right. Even. Maybe. I, I think I'm okay with that hypothesis. Yeah. And I don't know how that's not going to be true across the board, obviously. Right. I don't know but how like, much it holds up. But... That might be a, a worthwhile general category. Yeah. Right? So. I kind of, I don't think Andre debut is going to be like particularly funny. Right. You know? Yeah. No. <laughs> nor do I. Um, but. I would love to be proven wrong. <laughs> maybe he'll write it. Maybe he's listening to this right now. Yeah, and he he'll might write be. a comedic memoir. 
You can take credit. Great. Um, so anyway, we wanted to talk about some of our favorite books that fall under this broad humor umbrella because, you know, sometimes in the world that we're living in, we all just need a little pick-me-up. We need a laugh, don't we? We need a laugh now and then. And so do you still watch SNL regularly? Okay, I watch clips on YouTube the next day. Okay. I do not stay up for SNL. Anymore. I don't stay up for it. I usually watch it in full on Hulu uh-huh. within the following week. Yeah. Um, but I just feel, as much as I do like most of the current cast, that it has not been particularly amazing lately. No, I think I could point out to you a few skits that have been really funny. Yeah. Like, um, the James McAvoy Charmin commercial has just stuck out to me as being incredible. Kristen, Wig, and... A.D. Bryant doing their meat advertisement on... I don't know if you saw this. They were advertising for meat during a weekend update. And oh, it was like this oh, week, yeah, yeah, this yeah, meat, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, not Kristen Wiig. What's her name? Oh, not Kristen Wiig. I'm so sorry. Oh, the other one yes. who's so good at her job. Yes. Whose uh, name I cannot remember. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, thank sorry, you. Sorry, to me, she and yes. Kristen Wiig Super have the similar. same uh, talent Yeah, level. yeah, yeah. The same kind of vibe. But uh, Kate McKinnon and A.D. Bryant. I, I did. And the meat was rotting. Yes. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> and I just loved... Their dedication to their craft. Yeah. Like, we're going to keep doing this. <laughs> Even though they're both about to vomit. Even though this meat smells so bad. Um, <laughs> I did see that. I also really liked, uh, this was a couple years ago now, but like Ryan Gosling, when he was a oh, guest star. The, the papyrus sketch? The papyrus sketch still stands out to me. Uh-huh. It's like an all-time great. And the one where Kate McKinnon just keeps her cool while everybody else around her kind of breaks. And it's the one where an alien kind of probes do you remember this? I don't skit? remember this. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I still watch it sometimes because basically they're all talking about how like it was this spiritual experience to meet this alien, and Kate McKinnon's like this alien. I do remember. Me. This. Like, I do remember this. I do. <laughs> and she's like just totally deadpan. Yes, while Ad Bryant is losing it, Ryan Gosling is trying so hard. <laughs> He's a funny, funnier guest than you would think, yeah. um, or funnier host. Um, yeah, I. I was watching this documentary on the 2000s. It's a CNN thing that's now on Mm -hmm. Netflix. And it was talking about TV. And it said this thing, and I wondered if you agreed with it. I I did. Um, But this entertainment writer was saying that she believes that everybody, when you ask their favorite SNL cast, the cast they name is the cast that existed when When they were in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, teenagers who came of age or people who were teenagers during like 2000, the early 2000s scored because it was Kristen Wiig, Amy Poehler, Tina, Tina Fey, Fey Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon, like Chris Kattan, Maya Rudolph, Maya Rudolph, like oh. all of these. And what's the woman? I, she's Amy Poehler's Amy friend. Dr- or Rachel, Rachel Drash. Drash. She's so funny. To me. Yeah. I anyway, love her. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, oh no, that is for that sure. That is absolutely my favorite <laughs> cast. <laughs> that is for sure my favorite uh, cast. Seth Meyers. Oh, Seth Meyers. So anyway, along those lines, if, even if you are, I wouldn't consider myself this huge SNL fan. I really wouldn't. But a couple years ago, over Christmas, I was like, I need something to read. So I read Live from New York. Mm-hmm. This is why I brought up SNL, because I saw it on the list, and that we've both read this. Yes, and it's this oral history that I... And I'm discovering I really do like oral history. Yeah. Most of the time, I like it, you know, in long form on the internet. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need a whole book by it. 
But I loved this book. And again... And it's huge. It is giant. And I... It's like a 600-page book. I read that whole thing and felt like I could have kept reading it forever. I thought it was so interesting, the culture of SNL and how the culture of SNL changes based on who's in the cast. On the cast and then branches out into all these different things. Yes. And how so many of these famous actors and comedians who might not necessarily have gotten their start on SNL, got their their stardom yes, on SNL, and we know them from that. Certainly became recognized. Exactly. Um, so I, when you asked for books, or for comedic books, even though Live from New York is obviously not a comedy, that is the first thing that came yeah. to mind, because I don't even consider myself some fangirl for SNL, but it is so part of the culture yeah. that I wound up thinking that this oral history was fantastic it and is. fascinating. It's really, really well done. Um, and if you're into or have any kind of interest in any of these people who have ever been on SNL yeah. through through the 90s, I think, it goes up through... It's mostly the 70s and 80s. It's 70s and 80s, but it goes up... It covers Will Ferrell. Oh, does it? Tina okay. Bay. Yeah, it I does. I don't even remember. It might be the early 2000s, okay. maybe when it cuts off, but it's, it's outstanding. Yeah, super good. Um, on that... We have the memoirs that have kind of come out of some of these SNL writers and comedians. Our favorite shared is obviously Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. Yeah, I don't We've think, talked about this a lot. That's what I was saying. And I just don't think there's any one better. Mm-mm. I liked, um, and this is separate from SNL, but I liked Mindy Kaling's yep. a lot. Amy Poehler's fell a little bit flat to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the queen of this is Bossy Pants. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I want her to come out with another I do collection. Too. I do too. People liked Kimmy Kimmy Schmidt's. Erin Hannon? Think, what is her real Is that her real name? Yeah. No, no that's, her that's her name on the office. What's her name? She has a book out. Why are we struggling with names today? Because we know the names of their people. Oh, their characters. characters. That is, I can't believe I went to her office character. Erin Hannon. Aaron what Hannon. if she wrote a book? We anyway, can, her. Well, <laughs> and we can talk about that. So, anyway, Mindy Kaling. I think did an excellent job. I thought Amy Poehler's was okay. Um, the book by the star of Kimmy Schmidt, I didn't even wind up reading it. I didn't even know that came out. Yeah, to me, just bossy pants. I read Amy Schumer's, but there's something about Tina Fey that I don't think anybody else really can reach no. that. I, did you read Anna Kendrick's? Mm, yes. I think we both read part of it, yeah, and I it think was. I did, and I didn't like it, and actually wound up liking her less. I. I, I had the same reaction. <laughs> like, I did read that, and I wound up liking her less. I put it down because I couldn't read any more of yeah. it. I think I was listening to it. Yeah. Um, but one of the great things with Bossy Pants is that Tina Fey does read the audiobook. Yes. Um, and it's really good. I just really like her. Yeah, me too. Okay, I do want to jump back to if Aaron Hannon had written a book. Oh, I would read that so, for sure. So we got this week at the bookshelf the Selena Meyer Oh, biography. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if you are a fan of Veep, which I am, I love Veep. It is, I just need to disclose, because if you know me, you might be surprised by this. It is it's relatively foul. filthy. Ellie like, Kemper is Ellie that Kemper, thank you. woman's name. It is relatively filthy. Um, so like, and just meaning full of language. Mm-hmm. Like, so just, it's an HBO comedy. Mm-hmm. You've been warned. Um, but I think Veep is so timely and hilarious. And then when we got the Selena Meyer, so Selena Meyer is her character. Is Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, yeah. Um, on this show, and now there's a book out written as if it was written by Selena Meyer, the character from mm-hmm. the show. And I think we see this happen 
occasionally. There was a Ron Swanson book. Yes. And in a Leslie Note book. Yes, where it was a it was actually it wasn't Amy Poehler, it was Leslie Note right. and basically the writers of Parks and Rec mm-hmm. doing this thing. And I think you have to be a really beloved show to earn that kind Absolutely. of power. But I think Veep has done that. Like they've been around for seasons. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly witty and funny. And even just the back cover of this book had me and Olivia rolling. It is a perfect gag gift book. But also, like I would, I picked it up and like read a few chapters and or read a few paragraphs, and I just thought it was hilarious. If you are a fan of that show at all. It's not going to be like SNL where you can kind of jump in mm-hmm. because it's a cultural touchstone. Right. I don't know that Veep has that much weight. No. Um, but if you watch Veep, then I think you would think this was funny. Um, and I I think we get these types of books out when there's a particular show. I'm surprised. I think The Office was too early. Yeah. Because I'm surprised we didn't get like a Michael Scott, mm-hmm. you know, book about leadership or something yeah. like that. And that would have been a season-long plot point of Mike Michael's... Yeah writing this book and then we would have gotten in the real yeah. world. Yeah. I am curious. Do you think the autobiography of Selena Meyer will play a role in Veep? I thought Veep ended. It's got one season well, left. Well, one season left. Okay. I must have seen the announcement that the They're next ending. would be the last. Okay. And I'm just, I would just be curious if like this book will play a plot line. Maybe. Because I think that would be That really happened clever. in that other show. Yeah. In uh, that show I love. Right. From TV Land. The news one. I'm... We're bad at this today. <laughs> I mean, my excuse is I fried my brain on I've a dissertation. Um, I got no excuse. Pollen. <laughs> Pollen is Pollen the Pollen did it. Pollen took over your brain. Um, okay. Another memoir that I thought was hilarious, and I think she actually is a writer, was a writer on the Amy Schumer show. I think so, too. But You'll Grow Out of It mm-hmm. by Jesse Klein. I still think about how funny this book was. Yeah. I, in fact, I wonder if I own it. Um, because it... There's a chapter about being a wolf that I thought was hilarious. Like, it was asking people as women, like, are you a wolf or are you a... And I can't remember the other one. Um, But it had me absolutely rolling. And I think that's something to remember, too. I think that's why Tina Fey um, was so unusual. Because, really, often who's making these comedians great is the writers writers, behind them. Um, And so, Jesse Klein, I, I read Amy Schumer's book and thought it was good not great mm-hmm. i read jesse klein's and thought it was outstanding because mm-hmm. well, these are writers yes that yeah and amy schumer like writes her own stuff i know comedians do that but they're also collaborating with people and um a lot jesse klein just her, this book still i believe holds up it came out a couple years ago but if you liked bossy pants and you're looking for something maybe even a little snarkier i just adored i adored this book i thought it was so great you know who I also want to write a book immediately? John Mulaney. Oh, I do too. He's so funny. Or he's got to put out comedy specials more regularly. I mean, and he does. They're coming out every two years now. I know. I need still, them all the time. I know. Did you see his episode of SNL recently? Yes. Okay, I showed... Very good. Oh, it was... I think it was one of the best all season. It, it was the best all season. Which, uh, I showed Olivia... <laughs> what was it? Like... It was the musical sketch about the bathroom uh-huh. in the <laughs> in the bodega. The ba- bodega, thank you. Bodega bathroom. Olivia cried. She laughed. <laughs> it's like, a very New York it's joke. So, it's such a New York joke. But I just substituted bodega for gas station. Yep. And it totally has the same humor. Very similar. But it. But if you like musicals, there's something in there for you. Uh-huh. Like it was hilarious. Have you seen his episode of documentary now? No. Where he's essentially playing. Uh, What's his name? Sondheim. 
No, I have not. It's very good. Okay. And you need to watch that post-haste. I love John Mulaney. Me too. You and Rebecca, who used to work here, mm-hmm. did used to drive me bananas yep. because it's like you only spoke in yeah, John, John Mulaney, Mulaney quotes. quotes. <laughs> and I wanted to put my head into a wall. But he is very funny. But now you, you get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm not going to quote only John Mulaney from now on. Look, it's what we had in common. <laughs> it is. But, oh boy, it was, that was a moment in bookshelf history. That was a good time. Um, <laughs> talk about standard deviation, because this is a novel. So I was trying to think of, like, funny novels. Yeah. And the truth is, when I think of funny novel, I think, <laughs> funny novel, no. Okay. <laughs> when I think of a funny novel, I think dark funny. Yeah, me too. Um, so immediately the two books that came to mind for me are a couple that I read last year. One is called Standard Deviation by Catherine Haney, Heine, I hope Haney, but I don't really know. <laughs> and then uh, Misfortune of Mary, Mary and Paul. Palm. These are both books about dysfunctional families, dysfunctional couples, dysfunctional relationships. Um, Misfortune of Mary and Palm is about a mom who goes missing almost like where'd you go Bernadette except this woman we know where she is and she (laughs) she has embezzled money from her child's (laughs) private school and I found it for whatever reason to be very funny other people I know read it and liked it but found it to be too dark to really Mm. classify as funny whatever I thought it was hilarious sure um and then standard deviation is about a married couple they're not they're now divorced and they've remarried and the Husband has married this kind of younger woman, but he's still friendly with his ex-wife, mm-hmm. and, and he's kind of an con- autistic son. Yes, and they're kind of constantly having to navigate post-marriage life, mm-hmm. and also raising this child together, and this new relationship. And I, for whatever reason, found it to be deeply funny. Yeah. I, and I don't know if that would be the case now. Like if I went back and reread it, if I would also find it hilarious. But I thought the writing was so good. She, Catherine Haney is so such a good writer. She had re- she had written a short story collection before this. Um, I remember Kelsey devouring this one. I thought um, it was so good. And my mom really liked it too. Um, I'm also, I don't have it written down, but just while I was speaking aloud, American Housewife, which mm-hmm. I mentioned on here recently. Which is a very funny cover. Yes. It is such a funny collection of short stories. And I think sometimes humorous short stories can help us navigate Bridge the short story that, genre yeah. um, maybe in ways we wouldn't mm-hmm. have been able to at first um, American Housewife by Helen Ellis is another laugh out loud fiction it's a collection of short stories um, and I think Movie Stars by Jack Pendarvis okay. um, is similar okay. in that like he's a writer for Adventure Time Okay. Um, and something else too but he's also a professor at University of Mississippi um, I think yes and that collection is, is weird and often kind of inaccessible but always funny yeah um and so yeah i i I get that too Uh, i'm glad you brought up the dark humor and how your brain first went to that too because mine did too yeah when i thought of comedy book this doesn't make any sense because it's not comedic but i thought of they're there okay i know it's a very dark book (laughs) okay but i think the narration is so darkly funny okay it's a horrible (laughs) violent joke yes um but I do think that book is very deeply funny on a sad level. Yeah, maybe like satirical of our society. Yeah. yeah. And it's like jokes that are funny, but if you think about them for a second, they are deeply sad. Yeah. Okay, I can get You took me off guard, but yeah. I can get it's, it. It's humor. I can wrap my brain But it's not it. comedy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can wrap my brain um, Like that's not a feel good book by... Mm. By, no, by any don't means. go pick it up thinking. Don't be deceived. This is yeah, not. This the, is not. Hey, ladies. No, this is a a dark book that I think is 
I don't know, important. Yeah. But that doesn't mean boring. Um, but what about Hey Ladies? That's hey a very ladies, different kind of book. Hey Ladies to me is the funniest book I read last year. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even name one that came close. Maybe Southern Lady Code, which is by Helen Ellis. It's coming out later this month. Um, but I read it last year. Hey Ladies to me is so satirically funny. Like I think if you read that book thinking <clears throat> that those characters are real people, you'll mm-hmm. just hate them. Right. Because they're very hateable um it's these mean yes it's these young women planning or throwing a bachelorette party basically communicating via email Mm -hmm. and um i don't even know if it would be appealing to an older audience i'm not quite sure because it just struck me as right where i am in life Mm -hmm. where i'm constantly literally responding to texts hey ladies don't forget your bridesmaids dress like i'm responding to those types of texts and so for me it hit me right where i am And those women in the book are flawed and complicated and not always likable, but they're just exaggerated Mm. versions of who we all are. Right. Like, I could name who in my life was similar, hopefully not as self-centered, hopefully not as awful as some of these women, but I could name, for sure, Mm. the people in my life who represented these characters. I'm a Gracie. I'm the girl who never responds to the texts or emails. And then pipes in and said, hey guys, been super busy. Like, that's me. Uh, So anyway, I laughed out loud and promptly like gifted this book. I thought it was so great. And people already know that. It made my top 10 last year. No, and a lot of people were surprised by that, I think. But it it worked out. It was so good. Um, April is a time when probably we all need to laugh. It's tax season, right? We're all getting our got to do some of that today. Getting I mean, our... I've already submitted my stuff, but my accountant shockingly has questions mm. that I have to now answer. It's like you took over a business in 2018. Yeah, you would think it would just be so easy, guys. It's not. Turns out. Not at all. Turns out it's not. Can I finish with two children's yeah, books? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, did you read Phantom Tollbooth as a child? No. This is Chris. one that has come up so many times in my life. I was about to say, I'm sure it has, because probably anyone who knows you is yeah. like, you would love this mm-hmm. book. Well, post-dissertation. Yeah. Um, I got a stack, but... Phantom Tollbooth is just a delightful book filled with wordplay. Mm -hmm. So I loved this as a kid. I love it now. It is very funny. Would probably be an excellent read aloud. I think my parents read this one aloud to my brother. This was a book Chet and I both loved, um, which we didn't have like a huge Venn diagram overlap Mm -hmm. when we were kids in terms of reading. Um, But Phantom Tollbooth definitely would be a great children's chapter book to read aloud to your kids and it's very funny um and reading aloud might help the wordplay come across even better uh the other one we frequently get customers asking about children's joke books Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna be honest with you i just like i'm a prude with adult literature i'm a prude with children's literature meaning i don't like poop jokes like (laughs) we can do better like we can do better than poop jokes and so we don't stock a ton of joke books because so many children's joke books especially geared to that middle grade level Mm -hmm. and i know it's what they like i understand just like we still stock captain underpants and fly guy like i understand that humor is a thing and i don't want to deter people from reading so we stock some of those joke books But my favorite children's joke book that we stock is this giant, like literally, it's a big book. Mm -hmm. I think you have seen it. It's not in the shop right now, but it's called Tee Hee Hee. (laughs) And it is this big children's joke book that would be great for like, I think preschool through first graders. Okay. Um, Because the size of it is going to appeal to a preschooler. Like we gave it to our nephew for Christmas um, or his birthday last year. But the jokes 
being able to learn them and tell them yourself would be best suited to like a kindergartner gotcha. or first grader. These are so funny. We would read them aloud downstairs at the bookshelf and like tell them and try to guess the punchline. Uh-huh. They're so clever. The illustrations are fantastic. It's a gorgeous, funny, funny, funny joke book without poop jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that made me think also not related to poop jokes, but um, <laughs> one of my favorite humorous authors is Terry Pratchett. Okay. Um, and he, several years ago, so when I was in middle school, so a long time ago, um, came out with a series of YA and children's books. Okay. Um, and I forget what the series is called, but I remember the title of one of them, which was The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was essentially a retelling of the Pied Piper story. Okay. Um, but very funny and with a good plot. Um, about a, a talking cat, Mm -hmm. um, who has this kind of con going and he will, he's friends with all the rats and goes into these various towns and has hired this like bumpkin kid to walk around and pretend like he's like piping all the rats away, but he's not. And it's actually the cat who is on the take and has, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's a great, like, what if the Pied Piper was a scam artist, Uh but it's actually the cat. Like Oz. Yeah. Okay. Exactly like Oz. Okay. Um, I highly recommend that. I thought that was so funny when I was like 11 or 12. Okay. Um, it's definitely on that reading level. Um, because I think humor is helpful, especially for those well, reluctant readers. And this is what I was going to say. Like Terry Pratchett's whole Discworld series is fantasy and sci-fi novels um, that are written with such humor as to make them accessible for people who don't normally read those things. Yes. And also for younger readers, I think. Mm-hmm. They're written for adults, ostensibly, but like... Mostly teenagers read them. They're, they're accessible. They're accessible to that, a younger audience. I think that's why Jeff Kinney's Wimpy Kids are mm-hmm. so popular. I will never forget, I really was kind of ambivalent about Hamster Princess. Like right. I felt like, sure, that's funny. Until I heard that author at some panel mm-hmm. I attended, and I was like, I'm going to buy all of these books <laughs> because she is hilarious. And I think those authors really get children's humor right. better than I ever could. Um, and so I think... I think especially for kids who don't maybe naturally love reading, humor is a great way to get their attention. Absolutely. Um, um, and I think especially for teenagers too. Yes. Lots of teenagers, especially teenage boys, I find, yes. um, are reluctant readers in that way and they just need something entertaining. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, I think they skip. I, yeah. Like I think they stop reading and then maybe pick it back up in adulthood. Yeah. And then often they're like, grandparents will come in and be like, you got new books about baseball? Yeah. I don't think that's what he actually wants to read yeah. is the thing. Yeah. But good effort. Yeah. And I respect You're it. You're trying. You're trying. And so we all need to try harder. Yeah. And maybe we can do that by laughing a little bit. Reading funny books. is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. 
Thank you so much to Forlor Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album Forlorn Strangers. You can learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also find us at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. Um, I had to laugh this morning because we did story time with a big group from a local elementary school, and I think it was the preschoolers or kindergartners from this school. And this one little girl like came in and she was so funny from the moment she walked in. Like she came in, she sat right at my feet and she <laughs> said, can I sit here? I said, of course yep. you can. And then she said, are we going to read two books and then you give stickers and then we leave? I said, yes, that's exactly right. Like she was remembering the, uh -huh. you know, and then literally while I'm reading book one, we're almost done. We're almost done. And we got to the end of book one. We're done with the first book. Like she was like narrating. Oh. Okay, so then I got the second book and then she was like, we're going to be finished soon. We're going to be finished soon. And I was like, to, toward the end, I was just laughing <laughs> because she just... She wanted that sticker. And she just, it r reminded me of adulthood, uh -huh. which is we can't even enjoy things in the moment mm -hmm. because we're too busy looking uh. forward. And it was such an allegorical moment, but it was also so sweet. And then, you know, she was delightful and got her sticker, but it was funny. She was like self-narrating. Now we're going to get a sticker. Now we're going to leave. I was like, yep, you are. Bye. <laughs> and I know exactly <laughs> what her parents are like. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's all I need to know. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>